it has been a minute, but we have a whole year's worth of answers to that question that is so hard to answer of when we say God, what do we mean? And so here we go. Part three of the What is God series. Love. That's a trite answer, but it's the only one I really have. You know, that, that at the root of this is love, that what we're doing is love, that this process of dying and becoming is love, that um, all of it is somehow, in some mysterious way, love that we are being welcomed into, that we are being taught, that we're being um, changed into love. I think that for me is the divine. Um, I first honor that and name that words are going to be insufficient. Um, God is the most consistent, the most empathetic, the most compassionate, the most accountable the most gracious, the most kind force in my life. Um, God is the most consistent that, that, that force I believe in the world. I think that if we were just to describe God and we had to put God in human form, um, it would be a person who has, who has loved and cared for us. If I had to describe God in words, I think they would always be the most lush, like decadent words. Mm. Like, and, and then they will also be the most, the most decadent and simplistic words that, that encompass just sheer being and existence. And then I would still fail because there hasn't been a word or anything to just to capture what and who God is to me. Like when you ask me that question, to be honest, I think it is fully in the like that that feeling that you get right before you're about to describe. Like it's almost like when you're at church and you're about or or talking to someone. And you are about to talk about just how good God is and how good God has been and like this joy that you have. And you take that deep breath, like right before, like that little breath right before you're about to talk. To me, it's in that breath because you're, because you are acknowledging, all right, I'm about to put this in words, but I really don't have no words for just, (laughs) just what this makes me feel like. So that's all I got. Like that's, that's what that is. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. God is. Um, 
goodness, I don't, yeah, God is just beyond, <laughs> um, beyond what our um, finite minds and man, uh, minds and imaginations can even hold or even contain. God is uh, thrice holy. I don't think that we uh, emphasize God's holiness enough um, and God's threeness. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, God is um, thrice holy, um, triune, one God in three persons, you know, um, compassionate and abounding in love. And God is my friend, mm. you know, God is my friend. Jesus is my friend. And I get to say that. And I'm grateful for the gift of being able to say that because I was, Jesus was not always my friend. I was an enemy of God. You know, I'm very clear about that. That's about telling the truth. I was an enemy of God. Um, and now I've been brought near um, and, and um, have become a, yeah, have become a friend of God and a co-heir with Christ. Um, so no matter what happens, <laughs> no matter what opposition, you know, um, I face, um, I know that at the end of the day, I have a place in God's house and that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And honestly, that's everything. And that's all that matters. At the end of the day, when we're living in such perilous times, and we don't know when our lives will be demanded of us. You need to know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you don't know, then you need to come to Jesus um, mm. and, and try try Jesus um, and, and, and taste and see that God is good. And mm. so that's what I would say. stuff that I wish I could catch but like has slipped through my fingers to the point now that I'm like trying to find where all the pieces fell so that I can like start over because I think trying to catch trying to catch um, a limitless God with like my two hands was like a, I'm a fool to think that I could have done that, mm. you know? Um, but he's okay. But like, he's okay with me. Like now crouching down to pick up like what he was dropping before and give me more, you know, um, because he's, he's generous like that. Um, I think God is three in one and one in three. And when I explained that to Maya and she wasn't confused, but thought it was amazing that I would write a poem for her that she could then connect back to her relationship with God like I can do that 
with her because God does that for me. Like he makes it simple. He helps Mm. me understand. He helps me get it. I can trust him. Um, And I can trust them. Um, And God today is not one who requires my, my defense of him, her, themselves. Like I, I don't, I don't have to fight for him. I could just talk about what I know. Mm. And that's, that is more than enough. Like, uh, yeah. But God is amazing. Like it's amazing. And there's there is He is the only thing that I'm certain of in this entire world. That He is there, that He is coming. And that all things will be made right. And if I didn't believe that I'd be then Judas myself, you know? Mm. So Yeah. 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 this question one time um, in front of a large audience and I wasn't expecting it. And the question was very similar. It said, um, as a person of science who understands uh, that the universe came about through natural means, why are you still a believer? Why God? Why are you personally still a Christian? And again, I don't have an answer that could be subject to the scientific method. It's all a matter of faith for me, but I would say the best answer I have to that is why is there something rather than nothing? I can't get past that age old question. Why is there something rather than nothing is my first answer. And my second answer is just simply the story of Jesus compels me. I can't, I can't turn away from it. And so because the story of Jesus keeps drawing me in and I can't turn my back on that. And then the question of why is there something rather than nothing? I just keep, um, I, I, I keep pressing forward with that. Again, I think it was Rachel Held, Held Evans that said, Christianity is something that I'm willing to be wrong about. Mm. And I I think that uh, very perfectly describes um, my approach to this. I've given up, you know, I gave up a couple of decades ago, and especially within the last 10 years, I gave up feeling like I had to have all of the answers. That was hard to let go of because that was my upbringing, was that we can know. There's one way to do church, one way to be a Christian, one way to live a Christian life, and here are the rules. We can know. And I have learned 
that we don't have all the answers. <laughs> and what I have learned to be comfortable with is that tension, to live with that tension of not having all of the answers and to embrace the mystery of it. And that was also something that I wasn't brought up with, was that there was a mystery that could be embraced. Um, I had to get past that. If I just read the Bible enough and have enough faith, I'll lose all of these doubts. I'll find all the answers that I need. Um, I have more questions than ever, but I'm also more okay with it than ever. Okay with the mystery and okay with the questions. Well, what do I mean by God? Yeah. Uh, I mean the the loving mystery yeah, at the center of reality. Um, I mean that which um, is lending being to all of this in every moment. Um, I mean the mystery that I have met quite specifically in Jesus. Um and I mean a um, an unending generosity mm. uh, that, that gives us all that we see and all that we are. Oh man, well, <clears throat> it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's hard to express this into words. Um, I guess what I'm realizing is most of the ways, the majority of my life, uh, the the ways, the language I was given, the concepts I was given, I'm just more and more realizing how inadequate they are to describe God. Like, um, I think even the English language is so, it's, 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 it just isn't equipped. It wasn't designed. The English language is not designed to have any conversation about God. We can't say it because it's, God is not an it. I can't even say he or she because God is not, has no gender. God doesn't have any parts. You know, God isn't, God is a spirit. So, you know, uh, we have, we have some beautiful language um, in the new Testament, right? That God is love. Um, I've been really, really inspired and blessed by reading and studying, you know, other outside of the Christian world and how they express God. And, and it's this beautiful, you know, a spirit, a being, a father, a grandmother, a grandfather, um, a being that deeply loves us, cares for us, created us, um, is connected to us, hasn't abandoned us, would never abandon us. But I mean, how do you, you know what I mean? I I don't know that there's language. Uh, I guess more and more I'm feeling like, I'm feeling frustrated that language just doesn't do a very good job Mm. of expressing that. But, But at the same time, when I, when I take time to take a walk around the block or spend time in silence or, you know, walk in nature or talk to my wife or my kids or, you know what I mean? Like I, I definitely find myself, as you said, experiencing God in some profound ways. Again, just glimpses. You can never get the whole thing, Mm. but you get glimpses and you go, ah, there it is. Wow. You know, thank you. So it's tough. It's, I, I don't know. Again, I, I definitely feel like someone who is 
less capable of defining and explaining, but I, I definitely am grateful that I'm capable of experiencing it. God is love. God is love. Mm. And, and I've really come to understand it literally is all about love. The call of our lives, the purpose of our lives, the purpose of our lives is to be deeply and radically connected to all things, including God. Mm. God, each other, the rest of creation, the systems that govern us, that's the goal of life. That's what God cared about. When God looked around, this is from my previous book, The Very Good Gospel. Mm -hmm. When God looked around at the end of the sixth day and said, this is very good. What God was talking about was not saying there was a really good walrus that God just made, you know, <laughs> or a great cloud over there. But no, what God was saying was the goodness existed between things, mm. not inside the things. So the relationships between things were very good. And it's the relationships between things that were broken in the fall mm. that all fell down. When we grabbed at peace in our own way at the expense of the peace of all else. Mm. So the goal, the goal is to be reconnected. And the most radical connection we can have is love. And, and isn't it John who says, God is love. so that's a that's that is a tough question and i think <laughs> words are one of the perfect things to to apply to that question and they are they are absolutely powerless uh in response to that question can both of those things be true at the same time um so i would say what is God? He, he, I, I like what the way he introduces himself at the beginning of the Exodus story, right? So, uh, in, in so many ways, you know, the, the Israelites are, are just have been away from him for a long time. His, this is his introduction. Uh, he's introducing himself to Moses, to Israel, to Egypt and to the world. And the way that he introduces himself, the way that he describes himself in that particular moment is, uh, is, is of course, famously with the words, I am. And I love how enigmatic and all-inclusive that is. Uh, I love that uh, when, when, it's, when, the, when, that, when your question is put to him, his answer is, what am I? Mm. <laughs> uh, mm. All of it. I, I, I am all of it. I am existence manifest. And I think that helps us begin to get 
a sense of the fullness of, of him. Um, and I think, uh, I think that's the God that I'm interested in, in exploring. I think, uh, I am says he is, uh, he is the definition of existence. He's the definition of reality. He is the source of all life. Uh, and when I see him as, as that, uh, when I see everything as coming from him rather than like trying to look for, I don't know, going, going the other way about, uh, exploring him, um, I think I get a little closer to, to who he is. So that's like a terrible, probably a terrible answer, but I feel like <laughs> if you, if you're, if your answer to that question doesn't have. A, a bit too much bigness and mystery. Mm. You might have answered it wrong. There was a TV show called Justified, and there was a scene where a a woman was on in her final moments before her passing, and in those moments she quietly said, "It's time for me to go and experience the mystery." And I think that God is God is the mystery. God is the um, and I and, and 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 so because I think that a mystery is something that we're constantly wanting to engage, and yet we're intrigued by it. We're um, we're moved by it. Like and, and so, like I for me, the word mystery. Um, is a is a pretty all-encompassing word to like th how I think about God and, and all the time because it keeps me just engaging the story. I mean, I could come up with like, you know, big, awesome, good, you know, like, um, but like I, I, I love this idea of of engaging. I mean, I think about that line that uh, the line that she said so like quite often. Um, because it's like, it's time for me to go and experience the mystery. And, um, and I think about that in my own life, like on a daily basis as like, I wanna, it's time for me to go engage the mystery.
The first answer is that for me, God is what we mean by the capital T truth of the universe, the underlying truth. I mean, like E equals MC squared kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but we can never know capital T truth. We can never hold it. We can never see it. That there's fundamentally nothing that we can say about the divine. That, that in fact, anything that we say about the divine, anything, God is loving, God is vengeful god is is us projecting ourselves onto god it's it's us creating god in humanity's image rather than the other way around mm-hmm. um so rabbi the kutzker rabbi calls it an idolatry of the mind i always like that phrase um it, and so all that we can say is god is not loving god is not vengeful god is not kind in the same way that god is not 15 pounds overweight these are human qualities and we are taking sort of our image of what we think is the best human quality and applying it to the divine. And so since we can know nothing about the creator, nothing definitionally, uh, then the best way to understand is creation. Hmm. And that means science and the act of understanding the universe is why we're here and is the goal of the divine. And Einstein sitting alone, in his room coming up with relativity was prophecy in the same way that Moses was mm-hmm. and the same way that Maimonides thought of it. And, um, and that was sacred and is sacred. And that's not a challenge to God. That, that, that is an expansion of the divine in this world when we know that. days I find I find God in places that are not church most often Um, I find God in people I find God in nature I find um, I I would I would say even sometimes I even pull away a bit from the word God and try to find other like I feel like growing up in the evangelical world you have certain terms or phrases that were just pounded into you so much. And it's like, you almost need a fresh perspective, some fresh language around some of that. Um, and so even things like um, the divine or mystery or some of that has been really intriguing to me to find some new language around, um, even around faith and around God and spirituality. Um, but yeah, I, I love all those things. And I think that there's a lot to be learned from from other people and even from other cultures and other belief systems. I think we all have so much that we can learn and and glean from one another. And, um, but I think there's so much beauty in that, so much beauty in the city.
I've been really wrestling with that lately, I'd say in the past year, especially. Um, I sort of now see God as like pure potential in which all reality can like flow into. So if, does that make sense? Probably not. Um, I don't, I don't believe in a personal God that I can talk to any longer. Mm. Um, I don't believe even necessarily so much. (sighs) It's tough because if God has a will or a personality, I just don't have any experience of that. Mm. I only have an experience. And if I do have an experience of it, I can't indis- I can't find where it's indistinguishable from me at the core of my best. Because I certainly have a will that's not great, but I feel like when I'm like in line with being empathetic and compassionate, I don't find that that's dis- indistinguishable from my own will rightly oriented toward goodness. Mm. So I I... I, I don't know if I care anymore. Mm. Is that bad for a... Uh, no, it's fine. Are we allowed to say that at church? Can I say that at church? <laughs> you stuff? certainly can. Um, um, honestly, I though... Know, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I care about theology in that way. I care about being a good human and being loving and compassionate and empathetic. And I care about the world in which I live. Mm-hmm. And I I think the the question of God becomes almost like too abstract for me to care any longer. So the second one is, uh, comes from a rabbi, Reb Zaman Shakhtar Shlomi of a blessed memory. Uh, it says, when you look out at a field of grass, this comes from the Zohar, the ancient Jewish mystical text. It, it says that, that every blade of grass, every living thing, but, but even every blade of grass has an angel that is whispering to it, grow, grow. And it doesn't mean this literally, right? This is a, this is a mystic, mystic understanding that says that there are these frames of existence, that the angelic frame and the grass frame that we see are are both existing on top of each other and are both true and are both, right. They, they, they are the same thing at some level. Um, and so Reb Zalman says, you look out at this field of grass and it too has an angel whispering to it, grow, grow. And so that, that field is made up of the pieces of grass, but it's still somehow different than the sum of its parts. It's not greater, just, different, right? You can go and pull out a bunch of the grass, you can mow it, or you can do whatever you want. And it is still that field. Um, we, we won't invite our Buddhist friends to this conversation. They would uh, disagree <laughs> with that. But, um, similarly, Reb Zaman says, every human being has an angel whispering to it, grow, grow. And when you back away, every every group of people, the Jewish people, the Christian people, the Americans, the, the, the every group of people, every every tribe that we create is an angel whispering to us, grow, grow. And when you back far enough away, 
so that you're talking about the totality of creation and the totality of life. And please God, I hope we're not just talking about this one little planet, this one little gray Mm. blue dot in the corner, right? Mm. We're talking about the totality of life. That's the angel that we mean when we say God, right? I don't mean angel here, right? Uh, That's the essence that, that God is somehow the totality of life, but different than the sum of its parts. Mm. Um, and neither of these images of God to me are a God that changes or moves or affects or that I can pray to and will intervene. Or um, I think those are actually small gods. Mm. Those are really small gods. I think religion often creates really small gods. is a mystery to me and I'm okay with that mm. you know that that really is what I feel you know and I was a pastor for a while and I remember you know getting paid you know in many ways to have answers about all of the mysteries of you know this this universe that we live in and I have found so much freedom um like I write about in the book about <clears throat> kind of coming out into the wide open space of <laughs> I know that a lot of the things that I was taught is bullshit. <laughs> I don't know for sure. I don't know that I can identify every single point that is bullshit or not, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> and so I'm kind of fine just living, <laughs> living with this big, like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I'm not certain about this. I'm not certain about that. But I talk to God every day. And that's it. Oh, what is God? Well, he is uh, love. He is a community. He is unity. He is, and uh, he is family. He is friendship. What that means is um, those are, those are English words that describe father, son, and Holy spirit, because in order, we can't just say God is love without persons anchoring that love. Uh, otherwise, if you, if you have a God who is, what is the right word? Um, tr- who is not tri-personal, you know, a monad, right? Uh, uh, or a, just a, a big dot. <laughs> um, then, you know, what is that God? Well, it's, we don't know. We're not really sure because if that God didn't have to create it, you know, did God have that kind of God uh, have to create, then 
then that God didn't have to also love. But even with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have love and all these other things, um, beauty, goodness, and uh, even before that God created. And so God is these things, right? It, 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 it's a predicate nominative in, in, if we're thinking about God is love. That, and we're, we're trying to understand, like, uh, what does it mean? It, it's not simply that God does love or God happens to love. I mean, I happen to love, but I happen to do a lot of other things, too, because I'm a fallen human being. Um, and that, that doesn't make me the most consistent person all the time. Mm. And so for, for us to say, as 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love, that God, God that is his nature. And so everything God does has to flow out of that nature and is an expression of that nature. That makes a lot of sense to me from um, <clears throat> how, how this all fits together and how we can have a coherent story of good triumphing over evil and so forth and, and why the atonement must be a healing atonement and, and why uh, a loving good God has found a way to heal human nature in a loving and good way by never overriding our our, our partnership mm-hmm. um, with him and why justice has to be restorative because in the in the end you know his love and goodness have to be the goal and and also the process God is the mm, that's a beautiful question when I think about what God is God is the reason that I have an understanding of what love is at all that in the midst of all the different loss that I've experienced in life. What I can't explain is that when I look back on terrible events and I see the things that came out of all that, God is the, is the thing or the who or the what that is giving me the perspective to see that somehow even the pain in my life is not just left as that, but become something so much more. And in my case has become a, a source of beauty mm. and, and new life that I didn't expect. A great example of that is like losing my dad. Of course I don't, wouldn't want my dad to die, but I look at all the things that have come in my life since. And I see God orchestrating that God is the hands that, um, have comforted me, the ears that have listened to me. God is in all that. God is with me when I sit on my porch 
and listen to the birds and the trees and the wind. <laughs> mm. um, God is present wherever I am. Mm. And that's been true for me. And that's something that no matter how many ways I try to change that or re-explain it, it just always brings you back to that place. The simplest, the simplest way I say, and is that the divine is love. You know, that love is who and what God is, um, and that love is experienced in the world through you know our connections with one another, um, but also a, a powerful force that is working towards justice and liberation um, across the globe. You know, when you pour ginger ale or champagne into a glass and and you get these bubbles and then the bubbles disappear, that's a little bit like God for me. That it's there, it's effervescent. You can you can almost grasp it and then it's gone. It's it's an elusive it's an elusive becoming. Now, I haven't added it up, but there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of podcasts on the internet, and I am humbled that you continue to download this one. If this is your first time here, please know that there are transcripts of these shows. Not always in real time, but I do my best. And if you go back in the logs, you can find transcripts for pretty much any episode that you'd like. The show is recorded and edited by me, but it is produced by the patron supporters of the show. That is one of the best, if not the best way that you can support the show. If you get anything at all out of these episodes, if you think on them or if you, you know, you're out and about and you tell your friends about it or, hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, friend, boss, pastor, here's what I heard. What are your thoughts on that? If this is helping you in any way, and it is helping me, consider supporting the show in that manner. It is extremely inexpensive, but collectively, it is so very much helpful. Now for you, 
I pray that you are blessed and you know that you're cherished and beloved. We'll talk soon.